Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today it's my honor to welcome beautiful Hema Vias to join today. She's joining us from London. Hema is the omnipreneurial psychologist. She's a speaker and a mentor, and she guides the path to commercial success evolutionary and inclusive leadership, well-being, and positive impact for independents, startups, corporates, and diverse global audiences. So welcome, Hema. Such a pleasure to have you here today. Hi, Cara. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on today. Well, I wanted to just start in some territory that should be really familiar for you, which Mm -hmm. is the heart. So... Interestingly, you've worked with some really big name corporate clients Mm -hmm. like Google, Deloitte, ENY, and Visa. And it's really interesting to me to see such a focus on the heart in your work. You know, I come from a corporate background. I've worked for a pharmaceutical company and then for IBM for many years with where my clients were big clients um, big pharma and uh, and other big companies, um, and so I've experienced this sort of corporate machine, mm-hmm. for for lack of a better word. But I I really sort of remember my time with that as it sort of being this almost mechanical <laughs> kind of entity that I was a part of, um, and you so often hear about people who who just ditch that life you know they're in that life and then they ditch it because they want to connect back with things like the heart they want more of a a connection and a depth so it's really beautiful to see that you've got the heart as such a heavy focus in your work and you're still able to influence these big companies and and it's really really important work so so brava thank you (laughs) and I wondered if you could just tell us about the role of the heart when it comes to leadership oh absolutely so um you know just a little bit of background you know I've been talking about heart and of course there was a time when it was definitely something you would not bring into the corporate arena um but I always found a way when I was working um you know many, many years ago back in sort of different consulting positions and just, you know, bringing the role of the heart but without talking about the heart. Mm. So, And what I realised is that, you know, it's language. Language is so important. And when you use certain language with the corporates, they're not interested. They're not interested in the heart because they have all these associations with it being about emotions and fluffy or intangibles. And, and so over the years, I sort have learned to sort of be able to speak their language and now because they see the positive impact of you know the work you know in terms of the what they would call the soft skills they're now beginning to really really open up and you have a new generation of people who are very very open and they want to talk about these things because they understand that you know the heart is a very central part of our existence 
the heart is not just an organ and it's not just about, you know, emotions. The heart is actually the centre of our being. It is a place and space where we know what feels right and we know what doesn't. It is where we learn discernment. It is a space where we actually have creativity. It is a space where new ideas are born, inspiration comes into it and comes out of it. And so, you know, if companies want to continue growing and expanding and becoming more current and not stay stuck in old kind of paradigms of working and being, then I feel like they really do have to embrace it Mm -hmm. and they have to embrace it full on. So it's no longer about hiding the conversation about the heart. It's actually bringing the conversation about heart and for them to really be able to, you know, talk about it in leadership because all big leaders all great leaders you know have big hearts if you really stop and think about it the people who are naturally organically good at leading people connect with their hearts because our hearts is a space and place where we connect with ourselves but we connect with others without words and real leadership is, you know, not necessarily about how we communicate. It's real leadership is about how we lead by example. And so what we are conveying and what we're holding in our hearts becomes what translates to others. So it's not about them sort of listening to what you're saying, but it's feeling the effectiveness of what you're doing And so when leaders are really connected to their hearts, when they have that strong centre and that connection with who they really are, their authenticity, their creativity, their ability to hold space for themselves and others, then I think that that's what it really takes to to lead people effectively, to lead well, and for it to not be a chore. And I think that so many people step into leadership without having these qualities and so now companies are recognising that it is really important to develop their leaders so that they really understand these qualities of the heart and to develop them and to employ them in a way that makes them more effective as leaders. Mm, that's so beautifully said. And I wonder if you would like to go into the quantum aspect of the heart. You touched on it how that's our point of stillness. It's kind of our zero point where we come in and, and we, we are able to access more of ourselves. But there is a lot of research out there and, and a lot that's come to the forefront in terms of the quantum, uh, the quantum quality of, within the heart and how we all influence each other and we're all connected. And I wonder if you would like to touch on that a little bit. Uh, absolutely. So, you know, for me, the heart is is both the physical and the quantum. It is, you know, what grounds us with who we are in this world and grounding us in being human and our all our experiences. It's all held in our hearts. But I also feel like it is a heart space that is able to feel and tune into 
you know, all the all the other hearts that are around us that resonate on the same frequency. So a lot of research now shows that there is a frequency and that frequency acts as a magnet. Mm-hmm. And so it is, you know, the magnetic quality of the heart that attracts experiences into our life. So if we want to have better experiences, if we want to attract more of the good stuff, then we have to look at really healing the heart and we have to look at really connecting with the heart and creating space in the heart to know what it is that we really want because everything in life is simply a mirror of that Mm -hmm. and so when life is mirroring back to us what we like what we don't like then we can change it by changing the frequency that we tune into so for example every single word that we use you know has a frequency so when we tune into gratitude for example and we begin to really resonate with gratitude in our hearts, it creates a magnetic field. And that magnetic field basically pulls into our environment everything that resonates with the same frequency. So we start attracting more things to be grateful for, more things that create gratitude and people who are also experiencing gratitude. And so it becomes this beautiful vortex of energy and and that's what goes out into the world. And so the more people are connecting with their hearts and really, really stepping into beautiful qualities that resonate some kind of beautiful quality in the world that has a ripple effect so if you think about it in terms of leadership for example when you are able to tune into you know really really having a vision and having a beautiful vision that's going to not only serve you but serve the people you're working with and serve the organization as well as the planet then that is going to have a ripple effect because everybody in the team is going to tune in and begin to, you know, um, find that coherence. And when they find that coherence, they begin to tune into it and also resonate with it. And that then goes out into the world. So the quantum element of the heart is that it doesn't matter where you are, you know. So it's not just about tuning into people around me it's also about tuning into wherever you are so if I am really really tuning into a problem and going okay I need a solution and I need a creative solution for this the world literally becomes my oyster the world literally becomes my playing field where I can magnetize you know ideas solutions from anywhere in the world. I'm no longer restricted to my peers. I'm no longer restricted to those who are just in my immediate space or even in my country or with my cultural beliefs. I'm now opening myself up to so much And that's why the heart is so, so important. When we really understand the power, when we understand, you know, how far it resonates, then we are able to really turn it into a tool that is practically incredible, but spiritually so essential. Because, you know, if we want to change the world that we live in, it starts with changing our hearts, not by changing our minds. The mind changes along with the heart. Mm, that That's beautiful. And one, one point that I want to highlight that you said early on with that is the magnetism 
in the heart and that this is measurable. So the studies that they've been doing, you know, the HeartMath Institute, for instance, is something that comes to mind. And the amazing work and research that they're doing where these, so, you know, we start talking about how we we magnetize, we, we draw in what we're projecting out. And this can sometimes seem woo-woo, you know, we, yes. I don't know if you guys say that in, in the we UK do. or not, but, you mm-hmm. know, and it can be dismissed by people who, who are, you know, more uh, in, entrenched in the, the material world where it's like, well, that's, you know, the law of attraction, whatever, you know, but this is, you're talking about a measurable frequency, a measurable magnetic field that is influencing the mind it is influencing yes. those around us, and it is incredible. I mean, that is incredible, and it's something that it seems that we have known for eons, you know, the, the language of the heart and the way that we talk about the heart, um, you know, even in songs, in love songs, and, and the key role that that the heart plays um, in in our stories and our our anecdotes and whatnot. Um, but it, it's, it's, I think it's so exciting, the research and the, the measurability of some of the stuff that's catching up to what we've been taught for so long, um, because it helps to give that balance with people who want to dismiss things as just like woo-woo teachings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, and that's why once upon a time you couldn't talk about heart because, you know, it was always associated with poetry and with love right. and love hearts and, you know, the sentiments rather than the physical kind of properties of what the heart actually does. And it's because people didn't understand it. Right. And so, you know, what's really amazing is that, you know, when you're intuitive, actually, it is a heart that you're actually engaging. Right. Because intuition, that knowingness, that timeless knowingness, you know, things like, again, you know, it might be considered woo-woo, but there is a tangibility to dreams, for example. You know, and when I was growing up, I definitely had very prophetic dreams. And I just knew that I was beyond time and space because my dreams would sort of, you know, be so real in terms of something that would then later happen in my life five years later. And you think, how did I even have all those that information? And, you know, that's where my journey with the heart began is to understand that actually the heart has so much potential and we haven't even really touched the top the iceberg you know Mm. we really have got a long way to go and it's lovely that more and more people are open to it and more and more people are researching it and what I always say is that you know science catches up with what we know as ancient knowledge what we know as ancient wisdom because things we've known probably you know if you go back sort of centuries ago we probably all understood you know the properties of the heart we probably all understood how important it was as a kind of a space where you know you attract and project but we forgot about it we've disconnected the more we've become involved in science and we want tangible proof or evidence or measurability we kind of lost connection with that inner knowingness and that's why I think it's so important to come back to heart 
because it's, there's an inner knowingness that, you know, is beyond science, I would say. Yes. That inner knowingness that comes from, you know, like meditation, mm. when you deeply meditate and you see and you know things and there's a knowingness that comes that I would say comes from when there is an alignment with the heart, the mind and the body and it opens up an energy field when there's that beautiful alignment through things like meditation and yoga, it creates this expansive space where we, we can tune into the information that exists in the world and information that isn't in a book and information that isn't coming from somebody, but it comes from that inner knowingness that we all have within us. And I think it's such a valuable tool and a valuable thing to develop in ourselves. And so that's really what my work is about, helping people develop these tools to really, really become much more in tune, not only with themselves, but with other people to become more empathic, more compassionate, so that we can really genuinely find peace and inclusivity and really be of support to the world that we're living in, the planet that we're living on, and to not be at odds with it. Because, you know, sometimes we are mm. very much at odds with other people, with different ideas different ways of thinking even the idea that you know it's woo-woo because it's like something we don't understand so we dismiss it and how do we stop and I think it's coming to the heart because when we're in our heart space um everything becomes possible but in a like a really practical way not just in a manifest anything you want but in a it's all out there it's up to you what you tune into and what you bring in. Yes, that's beautiful. It makes me think when we talk about the heart and we talk about leadership and, and the corporate world, this, because a lot of your work or a lot of what we've talked about has focused on the top down, mm-hmm. um, the heart influencing the organization from the top down. And yeah. I wonder about the the people who are maybe not so influential yet in their jobs and and their leadership is not at that place. I mean, I have worked in toxic environments where I am I just am thrown into, you know, a, a team that it's like they're just defensive about the client, they're defensive about everything and everybody's out to get them. And, and you just, I mean, I get caught up in that too, where I, you know, the, the lenses of how I see the client are cloudy and distorted. And, and it's, you know, in hindsight that I see like, oh, that was really perception. And then it colored our interactions and it colored how we interact with with each other. Um, I wonder if you have, um, advice or if you if if you address this in this work as well the the personal empowerment and how to influence or or at least cope with an environment like that and staying in the heart and continuing to grow and not get pulled into some of that environment 
Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of um, work cultures can be toxic because of the nature of work. Mm-hmm. You know, they pull in people who are very good at their job, for example. So, and yet, you know, personalities are different in the way of seeing and the way of getting to solutions, the way of approaching a situation can be very, very different. And because we are also kind of egocentric, you know, a lot of people just see the world through their own perspective. And that's where, you know, training around the heart is so important because it's sort of recognising ultimately we are all one and we come together and we become greater than the sum of all our parts. And so really, really helping people understand it's wonderful when somebody sees it differently. Now, how can you bring that information together and work collaboratively? But of course, you know, uh, our cultures, Western world, you you know, the cultures definitely have not really, really invited that. There's been a real competitive edge to everything in business. And I think that one of the first things that I really, really want to sort of share when I go into any organisation or speak to any individual is the importance of collaboration, the importance of moving away from that competitive nature and really, really working towards, you know, how we can all come together and be more solid as a whole. Um, But in terms of those who haven't reached that level of influence yet, um, you know, I would say that, you know, this is the work you have to do. In my experience and in the years that I've worked with people, when people really truly step up their game, when they become um, more connected with who they really are as individuals, when they empower themselves, when they look at their defensiveness, when they look at their wounds, when they look at their you know, biases and preconceptions and stereotypes and begin to work through and clear them, then I think they become more centred in who they are. They don't need to become so defensive when they're working with others who see the world differently. Because part of being part of any team, whether it's at work, whether it's, you know, family members, whether it's in your personal life, social life, professional life, at the end of the day, the more you trust yourself, the less you are going to be reactive to other people. You know, you react to other people because there's a part of you that doesn't feel safe in your own world. And so toxic cultures are born out of needing to prove themselves in the workspace, needing to feel like, you know, they matter and what they're doing and what they're giving is somehow valuable. And when you take that away and you go, you are valuable, it doesn't matter. You might be the quietest person in the room, but you're valuable because maybe you're doing something that nobody else is doing because there is a communication that happens from the heart. And the heart is communicating. So if I'm just sitting there and I'm not saying anything in a meeting, for example, and so others can get really irritated and think, well, why doesn't she ever speak? Why isn't she saying anything? Well, my heart might be. You know, when we understand that there is a communication that's going on, then maybe there is value that's being added that we're not even aware of. And so when we see things differently, when we're not able to influence, I would say that greatest work that you can do is to work on yourself Mm. and it starts with meditation because you know and there are lots of ways of meditating it's not just about being silent and you know clearing your mind of all thought and you know sort of 
calming all day. There are so many ways of meditation, meditating. You can meditate in a way that is creative using the art of fantasy, you know, not just you're using your imagination, but also creating, you know, what is possible. So when you're in a situation um, and you think, well, I don't have that influence, it's really about when you come into your heart and you have trust, you, you organically have influence. Mm. That's what I certainly learned from myself, you know, because I'm, I'm quite softly spoken. I'm quite, you know, if you, my personality is quite sort of shy. I'm not the person who speaks the most in a, in a big space. And yet I know that when I speak, I'm really powerful. And it comes from the years of really getting to know myself and trusting myself and trusting what comes out of my mouth. Because I don't always know what I'm going to say. But when I step into my heart, I'm able to really just channel what feels right in that moment, what people need to hear. And that's what I say to people, that, you know, when it's about a journey into yourself. And when you journey into yourself and you find that space in your heart where you know who you are, you will know where you belong. You will be attracted to the right cultures. You will be attracted to the right spaces, the right people. And then things begin to flow. So you find influence by finding yourself. You are able to influence the world that you live in, whether it's your team, whether it's the team that you're working in, whether it's people around you, when you have a strong resonance. The people who are not able to influence are the ones who don't have the strongest vibration. You know, when you have a strong vibration and you are connected to your truth, you are connected to your heart and you speak from that place, it speaks to people in a way that really, really resonates with them and if it doesn't it's because you're in the wrong room right and it's finding the courage to leave that room like you you know being in a space where if you're in a toxic environment then either you know really stepping up your own vibration and really spreading positivity like in a healthy way not toxic positivity but genuine positivity and really impacting that space and if it's too big because you know it's a really toxic space then having the courage to leave and finding a space that does resonate right Right. Beautiful. Thank you. So I would love to talk about omnipreneurship. Let's just start with what this means, because this will be a new word for most people. Absolutely. So omnipreneurship is sort of like a a way of being an entrepreneur in the world, but it's not just about business. So you can be an omnipreneur, whether you're working in an organization, whether you're part of a startup, whether it's your own business, whether it's a small business, big business, or whether it's just about how you want to show up in the world. So omnipreneurship is really about life leadership. And it's about when you recognize the importance of success and health and well-being being an integral part of meaning and having meaning in your life. And so it's not just about what you do, but it's about the impact that you're having on those around you, the impact that you're having on the planet, the impact that you're having on your own health and your own well-being in order to achieve a level of success, in order to be purposeful in the world. So ultimately, it's about people, it's about purpose, and it's about the planet. And it's how all three need to come together for us to live our best life and to have 
the most prosperous life that is meant for all of us. You see, from my perspective, we've all got lost in the idea of success. The idea of success being very rooted in monetary gains or being rooted in titles and status. And so for me, omnipreneurship is really uh, a way of approaching life where we realize there is so much more to success. And part of success has to be that there is love, that there is health, that there is good health, that there is passion, that there is purpose. And there is, of course, wealth, because when all five pillars come together and we are doing it in a way that we are not only really, really honoring who we are as whole beings, but honoring other people and honoring the planet. And I think that that is what is going to lead us to sustainable success. And all different models of success haven't got us there. And so I really hope the idea of each person becoming an omnipreneur in their own right is going to really, really catch on where we grow as individuals and success becomes about our own personal growth as well as our growth in terms of business and our success in business, but also in terms of how we then learn to give back to others and how we learn to give back to the planet because the planet is a part of us nature is a part of us and often we've acted as if nature is resources for us to use as human beings Mm -hmm. and it's not it is alive mother earth is alive and she is vibrant and she vibrates at a beautiful resonance and one of the things that I really believe is that when our hearts are open and they are resonating love, beauty, consciousness and Mother Earth is vibrating and able to breathe because she's not always able to breathe and vibrating um, a frequency that is true to her real nature and the universe is able to you know, resonate with a a vibration and the frequency and the three come together, we organically find our purpose. Mm. And it is that purpose that gives us meaning, that gives us a quality of life rather than quantity of life. And it gives us what I call that, that, you know, X factor, that gold within us, that part of us that is indestructible, the part of us that exists in our hearts that is forever, that energy that never, never dies, that energy that is always growing and expanding, and that energy that is the true nature, the true essence of who we really are. Mm. That is so, so well said and and so progressive. You know, I hope that you know, somebody listening to this episode in the future is like, yeah, of course, you know, there's no other way. Um, I've been reading for a while about companies who are adding things to their bottom lines, such as their environmental footprint and the positive impact that they're having on the world and things that do measure their success in addition to their profits. Um, and this seems very aligned with what you're talking about with omnipreneurship. Um, And it feels like we are evolving in these times and things are becoming more important to consumers like this, you know, and and maybe even to shareholders. Um, But do you have insights on how this is trending in in the business world beyond kind of like this will be a great place for us to 
evolve into? Like, what are you seeing right now as far as adoption of, of new bottom lines, for instance? Oh, absolutely. I would say that more and more organizations are recognizing that, you know, it starts with people. Mm-hmm. It starts with, you know, the, the people, you know, the making demand. choices, the demand yeah. and, yeah, and employees wanting mm-hmm. to work with organizations that are considering the triple bottom line, you know, that are looking at not just the profit, but also, you know, in terms of how they develop the people, how they are treated as individuals, you know, because we're all unique. So this idea of the nine to five, nine to six, you know, which has also evolved, not necessarily in a healthy way, that doesn't serve everybody. And so last year was definitely a turning point for a lot of companies because they had no choice but to put trust in their people to go away and do the work and in their own way, in their own time, with their own resources. So there's definitely a shift in the demand in terms of companies needing to step up. It's no longer acceptable just to work towards a salary. Now they're really wanting to see that, you know, what else do we get as part of the package? If I join up with you, sign up with you, you know, what else am I going to get? You know, what are the real perks in terms of how you're going to develop my myself as a, as a being, you know, not just as an employee in terms of what I can give to the company, but in terms of what I'm going to get from the company, but also in terms of, you know, the products and, and you know, how they impact you know, the resources that we're eating up in terms of our carbon footprint and sustainability and what it really, really means in terms of where we go in the future. So I think that the people are definitely making a demand and the more they are making demands, the more companies are recognising that they can't just continue that the way they were, that they have to start looking at, you know, having somebody who's looking after people's well-being, having somebody who is not just saying, okay, you know, tick, this is something we say we are going to do. And as long as we've, you know, got the right people to have the right conversations, no, people are really, really wanting to really feel that they're being taken care of and that the company is thinking about everything, you know, the impact of who they are as an organization, the impact of what they're doing and how they're doing it. And those, so those things are really, really being considered because I feel like, you know, it's not just about um, organizations. It's what people are doing in their own lives. Again, it's the ripple effect of the heart because the more people are conscious of it, it has a knock-on effect. And therefore, organizations are changing because they're picking up on what needs to happen in order for them to be sustainable and in order for them to be, you know, trending in order for them to grow and to attract the right kind of people. Right. And the role of consumers, you know, I mean, that is, maybe it's too obvious to even mention, you know, we've talked about the employees and what kind of uh, employees an organization can attract. You know, likewise, everybody who's listening to this has a an opportunity with their purchasing um, power as far as what, you know, reading labels, you know, putting importance on non-GMO, putting importance on organic, putting importance on the, 
you know, buy this brand of socks and we will contribute a brand of socks to a homeless shelter. I mean, there are lots of ways that companies are trying to attract, I mean, you know, and hopefully that's not their their core reason for doing it, but, you know, they want to thrive and they want to survive and this is becoming more and more relevant. But, but putting that intentionality um, in your purchasing, in, in that ripple effect that you talk about, Hema, where it's, you know, making that choice for yourself and how that is affecting the whole world. It's affecting the economics. And if you are an investor, you know, if you're investing in your retirement plan, again, I don't know the differences between our countries um, in that, but, you know, here in America, we have like retirement plans, or you may have like a, a um, what are they called, 529s for your children's college education. These are investment opportunities, and you have choice. You have choice, even if you are using, you know, a wealth manager or, or um, somebody who's advising you. You can communicate with them that you don't want to, that you want to be supporting companies that are environmentally responsible. I know years and years ago, I talked to my advisor and I said, I want my money out of fossil fuels. Do not invest in fossil fuels. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, look into it. I don't want my money going into that. I want it going into socially and environmentally responsible resources. And he, you know, he was like, okay, I'll see what I can do. Now, when I go to my meetings, he's like, oh, Kara, you're going to love it. We're designing stuff. Like, people want this. And he's like, you're going to really love this, what we've put together. And it's because people are putting that demand out there and saying, listen, I don't want to be supporting this even with something that I'm not really engaged with. Because when we're, when we're investing in, in these bigger profile ways, you know, often they may be kind of unseen, you know, they're just like little acronyms in, in a, in a spreadsheet or whatever. Um, but consider that, consider your, your impact as an investor um, and where you want that money to go behind the scenes and, and know that you do have a voice and use it. Oh, I mean, I love that example, you know, so thank you for sharing that because I would say that that's the thing, that, you know, we now have more knowledge, we now have more information. You know, once upon a time we didn't know, we didn't know there was such thing as unethical investing. You know, you put your money in your bank and you didn't know where they were making their money. Now, you know, of course, we live in the information age and all information is available. And so I do think that we have that ability and we know that, you know, we're now much more conscious of the fact that there is this ripple effect. And so therefore, me putting my money into something, you know, it's not just about, oh, what return I get. It's now about the fact that, and how am I getting that return? Where's it coming from? Where's it going? Who is it impacting? And so, you know, it's. I think it's all the knowledge and information that we're now tuning into that we're able to get this information. We're able to say we have a choice. And we, when we recognise that we have a choice and when we recognise, 
I love the word that you used. It's one of the words that I use and I say it's one of the most powerful words and it's intention. Mm -hmm. And I know you said intentionality. And I think when we have an intention to really have a positive impact on our planet, then everything where that isn't the case begins to show up. So, for example, you know, when we know that we want a better planet, then we realise that when we're putting money into fossil fuel, for example, suddenly that information becomes available. And when we know and we recognise we have a choice, we have that ability to bring about that change. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel, again, the power of the heart is that when we have that intention, we don't need to work so hard because information just begins to flow to the surface. Then we can start to do this because a lot of people say, I don't have the time. You know, I give it to my wealth manager, I give it to my financial advisor, I put it in my bank or I do whatever I do. I don't, I've got a full-time job, I've got a family, I've got children, I've got whatever else is going on. And so what I say is that, you know, but you don't have, not have the time because if you really want to bring up your children in a world where they can thrive, then these are the things that you have to think about because this is what's going to impact them in the next 10, 20 years. And so it's really, really important, you know, that we start exercising our right to have a choice about these things and start informing ourselves about, you know, what is happening and what what's the end product, where does it all go? Because we don't think about it. When we put our garbage outside, we don't think about where it's going. And now we've become so aware when we start reading about and hearing about the fact that it all gets tossed in these other countries and they don't have the means to really recycle or do anything, you suddenly become more mindful of what you're purchasing and what you're doing with it and you want to do something different mm-hmm. you know so I will consciously you know not buy the things that have too much plastic I will consciously carry my bags to the store I don't know if you have the same there I know in America for years ago you have the sort of paper bags which I thought was fantastic you know mm-hmm. of course everything has an impact and I think consumerism is another thing we need to be considering you know we need to lessen our consumerism because the fact that businesses thrive on you know us you know buying more and more and more unfortunately it is depleting the planet of the resources and so it's so important that we stop to think about what we're buying how we're buying when we're buying do we really need it and not be influenced and start influencing rather than being rather being influenced by the ads that we keep seeing everywhere by this isn't this going to make your life better no how can we tune into our own world our own frequency and go no I really don't need it you know to be conscious that you know they're influencing us in this way because that's what they're there to do right and it'll be interesting too over time to see as if we are able individually to evolve to where we're less consumer driven, less quantity driven, uh, less, you know, susceptible to the marketing, how that, you know, we've talked about the bottom line of companies and it's like, there's just this like year on year growth focus of like, it's got to be better than last year. It's got to be better than last quarter. And the shareholders, you know, are going to hold you accountable for increased growth quarter after quarter, year after year, and how do we 
how do we, it's not sustainable. You know, you're going to, you can't just exponentially grow. There's not enough resources. There's never going to be enough demand for that. So how that's intelligently folded in to business planning too is, you know, because that also is responsible, being a responsible corporate entity is recognizing the limitations of the resources that we all have and that we share and respecting, you know, the psychological impact of the bombardment of marketing that consumers are, you know, it's a deluge. We're just like, you know, inundated and and not everybody, you know, is on the same level of strength as the next person. And, you know, it's, it. gosh, we can just really like, go deep into the corporate responsibility. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I guess that's that's where the journey begins. Mm. You know, there was a time when growth was needed. And this is what I say that, you know, everything is contextual and part of the quantumness of part is that it's able to pivot when something no longer serves. Mm. You know, there was a time when that was absolutely needed. We needed year on year on growth you know and so that everything everyone could be provided for and there was enough and there was you know the utility but eventually that has come to an end and we have to find other ways and we can still be prosperous we can still you know thrive in lots of different ways but it doesn't have to be that it doesn't necessarily have to be consumer driven and I think maybe it's a quality of life that we really need to focus on mm. and I think there that's happening if I'm honest I feel like you know more and more people are interested in personal development personal growth more and more people are wanting to really really have that inner journey and um, to meditate more to spend more time in nature to really appreciate nature and and so therefore the nature of business is going to change and I think that's a good thing because when we really really tune in to what we need now and what the world needs now I think we will find a way of changing the way businesses are and to turn them into something that is successful in a different way still successful still growing evolving but not necessarily in terms of the bottom line of mass production and therefore you know mass selling and mass consumerism there are solutions and that's what I genuinely believe in my heart and that is what I hold space for people to recognize let's find another We don't know always what it is. You know, we may not know right now what it is, but when we are able to recognize that we have an intention to create that change, then it becomes possible. Mm. And I loved what you said that, you know, years to come, I hope somebody listens and goes, oh, God, yeah. You know, did did they really not get that at that time? Yeah. Yeah. This is the way forward. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, you've actually answered my next question, which was like, if you see anything shifting that kind of gets you excited and, um, and it seems that you are, you are noticing that shift and, and, uh, some positive balance coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I see is people stepping into their hearts more. I see people wanting to understand their hearts more, wanting to understand what quality of experience it can bring to their life. 
life, to make it a better world, to make it a better life. And and the more they do work, they're waking up. They're waking up to what's important. No longer in this hypnosis of what was right. You know, that was right then. It's not that it wasn't. You know, everything has its time and and I think we're evolving past that and I'm excited in the next 50 years you know to see that we can live in a very very different world a better world one that evolves past where we are right now but you know we're at the transition stage and so you know we're we're going through the growing pains and it's not easy and and it's you know it's a time when people like myself and like yourself you know we are sharing with the world you know what what we believe in and a new possibility and I think that you know they, they it will resonate with some people it won't always resonate with everyone um but that's fine because you know when the idea's time has come I genuinely think that it gains momentum really quick. Yes, that is so beautiful, and I I just love that. And it's so true that as we acknowledge and we hold space for that evolved future, that those evolved possibilities, and we bring that into our meditations, you know, what the possible future is, or we bring that into our existence, our our non-meditation time, where we're living from a platform where we are in a different age. You know, we are living in that way. Um, You know, we have billions of different realities happening all across the planet because every single person who is experiencing reality from their perspective is experiencing their realm they're experiencing what life is like for them and so as we start to understand the power that we have to to un, to see our realm the way that we want to see it and do we want to hold it in a higher vibration do we want to hold a higher vision for where our realm is going then we have that opportunity and we have that responsibility to keep space for it and to not let ourselves get keep getting pulled down by those who don't hold, who are not yet at that level. And so the work that you're doing, I mean, which is just so important to be coming into the workspace um, and, and making space within that aspect of people's lives where this is probably the last frontier for a lot of people. I know it was for me, like the work, Kara, you know, was not honoring her higher self was not honoring her emotional intelligence. You know, it was intellect and ability, you know, above Mm -hmm. everything. So um, creating that opportunity for people is so, so valuable, especially right now. And you're in the excitement about this transitional time and how it's like, yeah, we're not really completely there yet, but how exciting that we are in this time where we're watching this stuff shift and it's shifting so quickly. It's really exciting. Oh, 
absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It really is exciting to, to be living through these times, to be, you know, literally in this space where we're seeing, you know, that, that shift. We sort of have the experience of how it used to be before and we're kind of going through the transition and we're going to live to see, you know, hopefully, of course, you know, we're going to be living to see, you know, really the other side. And I think it will come a lot sooner when you think about, you know, the amount of people who are really, really taking personal journey so seriously and not separating the work self to their personal self, their higher self, because that's what we've done in the past and that's what mind, body, heart is about for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a physical part of ourself where we need security, we need work, we need to, you know, be in the world. Um, and then there is the sort of you know, the heart part of us where it's about, you know, how we can bring that higher part of ourselves that that is more all-knowing into this space and to integrate all parts of ourselves so that we're acting as a whole rather than compartmentalising because a lot of the imbalance has come from compartmentalising. A lot of the imbalance has come from needing to be a particular way in one space and then letting loose in other spaces so we create an artificial balance but it's not real Mm. and so how do we get to that real place of balance where you know our higher self is literally guiding us you know on our path because that is where real prosperity lives you know the idea that we have to keep striving to reach success is just not true Mm. I think that when we really come from that genuine centered space and you know connecting to the part of us that knows like time and beyond time then we are able to find real prosperity where you know there is success and there is meaning and there is wellness and there is there is all aspects of ourselves oh that's beautiful and I think that flows really well into what I was reading about an upcoming course that you're launching called the love supreme blueprint And this could be a really beautiful opportunity for listeners to engage with you more. Would you like to talk a little bit about this opportunity? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, So I'm so excited. Like my life work has really been about love, you know, and, and of course the heart is a part of that. But really, you know, like my thesis when I did my degree, it was really about understanding relationships and and so I've now got to a space where I feel like the world really, really needs to understand love. And a lot of people are lost and a lot of people are stuck in old patterns. And so therefore, there's a lot of heartbreak. And so this Love Supreme Blueprint is really a foundation to help people really understand the nature of love, how to create and co-create love, how to let go of old patterns, old thoughts, feelings, memories, beliefs that we all hold on to as human beings. We are made up of our history and we are made up of a lot of conditioned thoughts, a lot of conditioned feelings, and we are made up of a lot of ancestral patterns and so this course is is both in person in London as well as online so people from anywhere in the world can join they can either join live or they can join um 
you know, at, a, at their own pace, so it will be available afterwards. Um, and it's a real opportunity for people to really come together to understand the nature of love and to how to leverage that nature um, into something where you are able to just really flourish, where you genuinely find the love that you're looking for in any shape because love is not just about romantic love it's about you know every expression of love and there's so many different expressions and um, but are really really clearing old patterns really stepping into a new space and also creating a, a much much better future because so far I think we have a very limited version of love and what I really want to guide people towards is a very evolutionary experience of love that is unconditional in nature but to get there we have to go on the journey and so the blueprint is what is that journey and how can we get there and what's on the other side People don't start a journey if they don't know where they're going, if they don't know what it's leading to. And so my purpose is to really help people lead them to a space where that love becomes a guiding force, that true north in life, where they are guided towards everything that gives them that sense of wellness and wholeness and, and well-being and love and prosperity. Oh, beautiful. Well, I will be sure to post a um, link to your website and people will be able to get to the course from there, I suspect. Okay. They will, yes. Okay, beautiful, Wonderful. beautiful. Thank well, thank you so much for being on here. What a rich discussion. Um, it really, really has been such a blessing to meet you and to be able to um, provide your wisdom and your heart to the listeners. I know that I have physically been able to feel that connection within my heart as we've been speaking, and it is just such a beautiful and open feeling. So, um, and it, it's a beautiful testament to what you were talking about the about the resonance and how you know across distance, across time, um, how this expression finds its way to us. So. So thank you. Thank you so very much for being here. Oh, thank you, Cara. That was such a lovely conversation. Time has gone so quickly. And, you know, you're such a conscious um, listener and a conscious interviewer. And I think, you know, it's really created the space for me to be able to really share from my heart. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. So... Be sure to check out Hema's website and her new course offering. And you can find her on social media and all of the regular outlets and just allow her to assist you in connecting deeper with your heart. This is such important work for each of us to be doing on the individual level. And, you know, she talked about that ripple that all of us are having as we cultivate this heart connection within us. So it's really important, really beautiful work. And I thank you for listening. Please share this episode. Help spread this light and the message um, for, for this increased light within the planet and this increased heart connection 
and it goes beyond time and space. So you can always subscribe. That is so appreciated. Um, Rating, reviewing, and again, sharing is so helpful. So thank you again, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.